Welcome back to DMnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I'm one of your hosts, DM Neil, aka Jote Maniac. And I'm your other host, Celeste Conowich, DM Celeste, aka Sea Witch. Hey, got them all in there that time. Yeah. Yep. So today we are going back to the rotating labyrinth that is Rorik's mind. And if you don't know what that is, you're really missing out. Uh, Go to your Googles and type in rotating labyrinth. And it is a magical thing that Rorik has created. And speaking of magical things that Rorik has created. (laughs) But technically it rotates. I think it would actually not work out for you. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm lost. I'm scared. Check it out. (laughs) It's terrifying um, and wonderful. But Rorik went ahead and has been helping create mental exercises for us to share with you right here on air. And this one is called Shiny Shimmery Quest Hook. Shiny Shimmery. Okay, stop. All right. Yeah, that's right there in my head. Cool. Thanks. Okay. (laughs) But the joy of this type of episode is that that means, Celeste. Yes. You and I. Yes. Are going to lift the mental weights right now. Lifting weights is what I do. Look at me. Lift these weights. So today on Mithril Paradise, number two. Number two. It is, again, called Shiny Shimmering Quest Hook, which is just. (laughs) It's good. No, that's Um, good. So the players are searching the underbrush, but they're barking up the wrong tree. When one of them rolls a nat 20 on their investigation check. What trinket can they find to help them get back on track or into a new track? This one is very good because I feel like this happens a lot, especially like when you're in a dungeon or just trying to give clues to like what happened next and your party, you know, will just see a detail or they'll get so fixated on like a passing NPC or this other thing that they're convinced is the solution. And then they like immediately spend so much time just digging at this one thing instead of kind of going towards the clues you uh, you picked. So I feel like this is a very topical uh, exercise. Yeah, and one of the interesting things is that you have them roll, they roll a 20, and we can get, we can, we're not going to, we could, we're not going to get into the idea that a natural 20 on a skill check actually doesn't do anything, <laughs> the same way a natural one doesn't actually do anything. But it's so prevalent. Yeah, a lot of people choose to make uh, natural 20s, make the, the auto win, even for skill checks. Correct. So much so that it's some people wouldn't even consider it a homebrew rule. That's just how the world turns. I, I think a lot of people actually think that's that's how the rules work, too. Yeah. So. Oh, what is that called? Um, I have to find this term. What, when it's so prevalent that everybody thinks it's, it's what yeah, it is? Yeah, that they remember it differently. Ah, I mean, in my games, I play with the, yeah, I play with natural 20 for skill checks just because it's more fun. Yeah. And <laughs> I did the same thing. It's called the Mandela effect. And Ooh. I did the same thing with how critical hits were done. Oh, okay. Because I was so used to it. And then uh, Pathfinder, like you did it a certain way and fifth edition, you do it a certain way. And yeah. so like how it worked, I was wrong. The biggest one is, did you know that ET actually says home phone? What? Oh, no. It's the kids that follow up (gasps) after that say, oh, yeah, phone home. E.T. doesn't go phone home. I I don't want to do an E.T. voice, but he says home phone. (laughs) Wow. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So the Mandela effect aside. Wow. We're learning. We're we're learning. I love love that we learn in the gym. Yes. Yes. (laughs) 
That is an unspoken rule that I have to try and teach Celeste <laughs> something new every time we record. It's good. Uh, it's good for you. <laughs> yep. So the other thing is like, even if they're not investing a lot of time, like that, that's kind of the point we're trying to make is like a lot of your players will roll and get a 20 and then. I feel kind of bad as a DM not giving something. Something, yeah, when you roll so well. Yeah, so what do they find and how does it either set them back on the track or into a new track? Yeah, I mean, a strategy I really like to do when you roll really high with investigation is like give people in certain terms what they know or what they like figure out about something. So like if, you know, if they were searching like in this one area, uh, they were convinced that, you know, this lost treasure is going to be there and they get a natural 20 on investigation. I would tell them you are without a doubt sure that there is nothing here. Like there you, you've searched everything. There's definitely nothing here. You would think to look somewhere else um, is kind of my, my number one thing. It's like, like I do that too with traps. Like, you know, the, the language I'll say, if they're looking for traps, I'll be like, you are certain that there is nothing on the door. But if it's mm. like an 18, I might say, you're pretty sure there's nothing on the door. Or like, yeah. Would you like to open it? Yeah. With your face. Yeah, exactly. So giving like that negative or just that affirmation that there is nothing here is is something I've used before. Mm-hmm. Though I know that's not as fun, like in terms of introducing like a trinket or like something else to point them in the right direction. Yeah. And I would always caution against pure magic items because then you never know how that kind of adjusts your power level of your party going forward. And then your as luck would have it, they just end up rolling 20s all the time when they're not supposed to or like not really in the place that they're looking for. But I really like the idea of getting it back on track. Yeah. Like searching the underbrush, but they're barking up the wrong tree. So in this instance, it sounds kind of like you're trying to track someone. Yeah. And so I don't know, like something really crazy CSI, like you (laughs) like you find a like a hair that's fallen out that other something super super small in detail i think would be really fun to do definitely i'm also thinking like you know if you know they've been following a trail and they're convinced that this is the trail you know putting a monster or whatever on that trail is at the end so you're like oh i've been following these tracks and like no i'm sure this is right i'm sure this is right Uh, and they get there and there's a big hungry bear like right there then they're like oh, I see, this is what this is. And now it's yeah. a, a penalty for going down this way, um, which will have them backtrack because they've obviously been following the wrong trail. Mm-hmm. Another thing is that it doesn't have to be, and I'm saying this because I realize it's something I would do, is it doesn't have to be something special for the person that got the 20. Yeah. That's, a, that's another really important thing is, let's say we're out in the woods and you find this, particular flower that's really rare that may not be important to one person but now it's important to another person in the party so definitely think about the party as a whole not just giving something to the person that happened to roll the 20 with the investigation yeah um yeah it's definitely you know whenever a 20 happens it's good to give them something but it definitely doesn't have to be on the same path you're on you know if they're just in the wrong place they just happen to be in the wrong place I guess, but rewarding people for being careful and for looking around and, you know, for searching for clues that should be rewarded in some way. Maybe like they hear like a sound coming from somewhere else, um, you know, that they wouldn't have heard otherwise or like notice a weird like 
flight pattern of birds or like the fact that there are no animals in this section of the forest or you know yeah you could go total skyrim too because that's the other option is like when one of them uh or into a new track which mm. i'm again i'm saying this is the first-hand experience of no it was when i played elder scrolls oblivion i was so distracted by literally anything but the main quest oh yeah <laughs> that i actually got to level 30 Fun fact, that just breaks the whole game because everything scales with you. So when yeah. I went back to do the very beginning of the main quest, it was just a massive high-level demons running at me. And <gasps> I I couldn't do it. I actually yeah. never played the main quest in Oblivion. I just wandered the world. I was an NPC, basically. Yeah, yeah. I just wandered <laughs> the world, did my thing. I also killed the guy in the Thieves Guild right away. So I couldn't buy Thieves to I played oh that game very, very, very poorly. <laughs> um, I had a very special experience. Yes, but the idea yes. that like, what if they stumble into a cave or yeah. they find a ruin or something like that? Because it could also be that you're not sure what the next step is for your campaign. They roll yeah. this natural 20 while looking at a tree, find out it's hollowed out, and then like what's on, what's beneath it. Yeah, there's a dryad who lives there and she is troubled by something in the forest and here's your all, whole other quest or... Mm -hmm. And sorcels one of your characters, or I don't know, it's a portal of Feywild, and they fall through, like you know, oh. uh, all kinds of stuff. I agree. Oh boy. Okay, so what are actual physical things though that we could, mm, like secret things you could find that would mm -hmm. be fun to find? I think. I mean, I always love finding weird things, like like a child's toy, like a creepy doll is like in the in been dropped in the grass or mm -hmm. something like that. And especially because it's like, oh, a child probably just came by and like dropped this thing. But of course, the PCs will all get like, oh my god, like what is this? It's a cursed object. Um, that's always fun to do. Yeah, and the other thing would be like some sort of writing or. And trying to make it meaningful as well. So like if they find like a A B plus A A and then it's like in a heart or yeah. something crazy like that. Or even something that's grown like a tree has grown around it and you mm. you find it, or yeah. some like you said, something that's been shallow shallowly buried. I mean, there's so many cool things you could do. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Or like you could find like signs of a campsite that were here, like with an investigation, you know, if like, oh, like or an abandoned tent and like campsite. Somebody just walked away or was pulled away from it. Mm -hmm. Things like that. There's there are definitely lots of strange things you can do. And I mean, what's also really cool is like when you drop things like that, it sort of adds to the value of your world. Like even if this isn't something that's immediately relatable to the PCs and their quests right now, it gives a sense that other action is happening out in the world, uh, which gives more credibility to your whole setting. Yeah. Yeah, if people are just camping, you know, they're hanging out and yeah, they're writing love notes and trees and stuff like that, you know, it makes your world so much more real and relatable immediately. Mm -hmm. I like it. Ooh, also good if there's like a bird's nest nearby and a bird picked up like a shiny bobble or some gold coins or something. That's always, yes. that's always good too. Okay, let's see. By the power of the internet. Yes. I found a trinket generator online. Yay. You will find a tiny cage with <gasps> no door. Oh, God, is there anything in it? I don't know. A bag containing 47 humanoid teeth. Ah, uh, that's terrifying. Yep, there it is. A black pirate flag adorned with a dragon's skull and crossbones. Very cool. 
Yeah. So definitely that would be another thing is just yeah. go online and let the power of the internet be your guide. Yeah. There's a lot of very cool trinket tables, especially on the DMs Guild. Um, if you're ever just looking for like cool random treasures to put in mm-hmm. your games. I know there are like class specific trinket tables out there. There are like all kinds of really, really cool stuff. My favorite um, in some of the nerd immersion campaigns that I've done, <laughs> we do, um, they're the class specific trinket tables and it's on the monk table. You can find one of the dragon balls. What? So potentially you can find nine dragon balls if you roll that many times on the trinket table. Um, I had a character who who got all nine during a 24 hour live stream game and <gasps> yeah, a 24 hour charity game. And that was awesome. And summoned forth. Uh, my character wished to be the CEO of a coffee shop yes. uh, chain in Waterdeep. Because why not? Because why not? Because he had big dreams. Oh, he had big that's, dreams. That's so good. <laughs> yep. I, don't know, I don't know what to do with that. Get creative. Or maybe like it can become a little subplot in your game. Like Every time you know this happens, they find like a tiny piece of a puzzle or something. Mm-hmm. And when the puzzle comes together, it's actually some like weird awesome clue that relates to everything somehow that definitely goes back to the idea don't make what they find with the 20 completely meaningless it doesn't have to change your entire campaign but like if it's a treasure map that they can't figure out so they gotta know they have to take it to someone else to be able to do that you've planted a different seed and then how you have that grow if you will is up to you very cool but celeste i say (laughs) we've done it we've done it but if people wanted to go to tell us where they have shiny, shimmery quest hooks. How would they do that? Yeah, you can always send us an email at dmnastics at gmail.com and make sure to follow us on Twitter at dmnastics, me personally at cconowich, and Neil at jotemoniac. Yay! And... As always, Diamnastics is a proud member of the Block Party Podcast Network, which you can check out at blockpartypodcastnetwork.com. And thank you, as always, to the Bards over on Bombarded for our intro and outro music. You can find out more about Bombarded at bombardedcast.com. But rather than let these mental gains go to waste, let's head to taking your supplements. Taking your supplements! Okay, so. Yes. Celeste. Yes. I have something. You do. I see it. I, I see it here in my internet mind's eye. Today, we are going to talk about something that someone on Twitter let me know about. And that person on Twitter is Ian Worth. And thanks to them, we learned about Dwarven Legacy, which is a product you can find on the DMs Guild by Rodrigo Curtin. I apologize if I butchered your last name, but I will not apologize for shouting out this amazing supplement (laughs) that is all about dwarves. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Dwarves are like your favorite, Neil. Is, as some of you may know, the original idea for the Ultimate Guide to Hair, which you should check out on Kickstarter right now. Right now. Until April 10th, 2020. It might even be funded. Who knows? Please help. We are so close. And my original idea was dwarves, but I was like, I don't know if I can quite get enough out of that. But thanks to Rodrigo, I don't have to do it because there are two dwarven sub races, three new subclasses, a revision to the Battle Rager from the Sword Coast Adventures Guide, 18 new feats, oh my God. And 18 new wow. magic items, all for the low, low price of five 
$1,500. Whoa, Oath of the Forge Heart, Way of the Soul Blade. Some of these sound so cool. Yeah. So Celeste and I are checking it out right now. But yeah. It's, it's really well done. I mean, the formatting is pristine and the art is really good. And I'm a sucker for all things dwarves. Oh, yeah. No, this is beautiful. Really well laid out. It looks, mm-hmm. yeah, just like it's totally a Wizards of the Coast supplement. It's great. Yeah. And one of one of the more interesting things is to see, and this is a total aside, um, is to see how things work with race-based feats. Because I know that's not really a thing that the published products, official products, there we go, from Wizards of the Coast does, uh, which makes sense. They need their stuff to be for everybody. But having yeah. something that works very specifically for certain races, because even this is like, Inhabitant of the North is only for an Arctic dwarf, which is a new subrace in this supplement. Yeah. So seeing how those work, I think is really, really fun. Definitely. Uh, I love the the little lineup photo of all the different types of dwarves. Yes. Like, put side by side. I had no idea there were so many types of dwarves. Yes, it's so good. It's yeah. I think it, like I think it's ba- throwing it back from one of the three point five images, yeah. and um, because that's the joy of being on the one of the joys of being on the DMs Guild is having access to um the art and things like that official art mm-hmm. very cool yes so definitely check that out dwarf stride boots when you while you wear these boots you ignore difficult terrain made of rock or stone heck yeah yeah so that's dwarven legacy one more mm-hmm. time which you can grab on the dm's guild yes so thank you ian and thank you rodrigo but with that we'll turn out the lights and head out of the gym but before we go, I want to implore you, the listener, to join the for- join the forums, the Discord, wherever you can find us, and take part in these challenges, exercises, and the other amazing conversations being had. To do that, head over to dungeonmasterblock.freeforums.net and try some gymnastics so your players don't ask, do you even lift? <laughs> <laughs>